and welcome to the fourth episode of the Property Pod. I'm Oni McLaughlin, owner of AML Property Services in Cork. I'm Max Barrett, Managing Director of Mortgage Navigators. Sorry, I caught you in half there, Max. I'm David Sweeney of Property Sisters. Dot IE. Welcome back, everyone. Up there, Dave. That's just woke me up. <laughs> uh, so this week, I think we're going to focus on uh, the legal process. Sorry, solicitors. The, um, what's your? Because uh, um, Mags, you're coming from the mortgage side of things. Yeah. So you meet the person kind of quite early in the process. Yeah. And they should really engage their solicitor nearly around the same time as the mortgage broker. And then on you, you meet the solicitor kind of after you've met the auctioneer. You might go sales agreed and sales and all this. Like, what's your experience of solicitors? Because we, we get a lot of bad press, and some of it is. Uh, uh, is warranted and some of it isn't you know do, do you think uh, well, what do you think what, what's it like your well, own in my opinion a good solicitor is so important yeah. in the mortgage journey because they're the one that bets for you and they're the ones that take you to drawdown so the bank look we're at the start we get you the letter of offer but everything then once we move it over the solicitor does everything it's dealing with the auctioneer dealing with with engineers you know what I mean there is such a variation mm. you know I, I just mind going through the sales process with people I might have one solicitor that I would be dealing with and they will fly through it, like literally fly through it. Now, I completely understand there's different elements that come true when it comes to title documents, boundaries and everything like that. And it's a two way. So you have you might have an excellent solicitor working on your behalf who's very good, communication, like com- communicates well, yeah. gets back to you. But on the other side, maybe they may have a lot on. They yeah. may not be available that, as that's much. one of the biggest things isn't communication isn't it 100 percent. both ways yeah from the mortgage broker back back to the client back to the maybe the auctioneer wants an update yeah. to update the seller uh yeah I think communication. and it depends it depends on how many people are involved in the process so yeah. like if you're a mover that's buying from a mover oh, yeah. there is a lot yeah. of people that, involved in stressful. that process it is very stressful yeah, and like everyone. there's communication that you know not everyone <coughs> is communicating because they're different yeah. parties you yeah. know what I mean and it's slow it's a slow oh, process it's, it's such and especially if somebody is in in the process where they have they've just they they're stuck in chain essentially yeah. so um they have just gone sale agreed yeah. on a property that they want to buy, but they need to sell their own house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are waiting for everything to, yeah. to work perfectly in line. So whoever pro- whatever property they've bought, they need the title documents to be in order. They need everything in order so they can sign the contracts. Yeah, and that, that's one of the, like, like, there are some genuine uh, third party reasons out of control of solicitor out of, that actually affect the process. So one would be, uh, if a solicitor gets instructed, gets the sales notice in uh, from the seller, they need the title leads to draft contracts. Do, there might be a mortgage on that property. Yep. So those title leads are in the bank. The solicitor might have requested those uh, title leads a month ago. Uh, there's a, a lot of banks are under pressure at the moment. There's a lot of banks have changed hands. Uh, the vulture fund type banks have been bought out by other banks or transferred over. I would. I don't know where those title deeds are. There's and been, sometimes the bank don't missing. know no, where don't. the title deeds are. It don't. You know it's what scary. Mean? Yeah. Uh, no, I think they eventually get found. Yeah. Uh, but it, like, I think I'm waiting for a solicitor for two months now to send me contracts, and he's stuck in the middle because he's yeah. like, "Look, I've sent this request back whenever it was." So that that is one delay that the solicitor can't even start the process if he's selling or she's selling because they haven't got the title deeds back from the bank. Yeah. I think this is the number one thing that I will always say to vendors when I meet them. Reach out to your solicitor and make sure that they are getting your title documents in order because it varies so much in the length of time. Um, Now, that's when it comes to vendors. Uh, When I meet buyers and they're looking and they're they're ready to go sale agreed, I'll often say to them, have you your solicitor? um, Have you have you organized a solicitor? And that kind of goes to the point. When should they get a solicitor? Because we'll say I have a house hunter 
is only coming to market, doing a bit of shopping, doing a bit of searching, no requirement for a solicitor. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd be saying, okay, when you find a property, you need a solicitor, yeah. a solicitor ASAP. So they probably should be doing a bit of research well, well, at e- that point. Even for their own budget, they should do it. They should. Because there's a cost to hire a solicitor. Yeah. There is also a, a cost to the government to buy a house. You must pay stamp duty, yeah. 1% of the purchase price. And then there's third party outlay to the land registry. So if you're if you're starting out, your, your professional fee to the solicitor comes, it depends generally in Cork a house up to the value of about maybe 250 300 euro 300,000 it's in around the 2,000 euro mark plus fat give or take depending on the solicitor and yeah. the type title might be your stamp duty is 1% of the purchase price so the house is 300,000 euro your stamp duty is going to be 3,000 euro and then you have third party outlay so you must register uh, when the process is just over actually, yeah. um, just in relation to outlays how is that calculated and the third party outlay yeah, yeah so you really it's the main cost is the land registry in Waterford so they charge you it, it's on a scale it's generally 600 euro for a, ho- for a house to uh, register your house or you as the owner of the house it costs 150 euro to register the mortgage as a charge in the property uh, you must pay for what's called uh, searches on the day you get your keys uh, we would search everybody in the transaction for judgment bankruptcy and then we search the property to make sure there's no last minute charges put on the property and then there's a few other ancillary charges of 78 euros um, witnessing signatures uh, for commissioner votes uh, and then when it's finished we must take up a copy of the of the folio file plan which is 40 euro when it's all done and you might have like a 15 or 20 euro charge to do electronic transfer of the closing funds if it's another bank on the day of closing uh, but it is uh, I suppose to answer your question the sooner the better does like it costs you yeah. nothing to ring a solicitor Absolutely. and you might get a good feel for that solicitor when you talk to him he or she over the phone yeah. uh, did they reply back to your email you know within some kind of a reasonable timeline uh, are they using email you know there's a lot of traditionalists and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Doesn't yeah. mean it's slower, yeah. but it's different. Um, like a lot of solicitors, like myself here, would have invested in uh, paper-free offices and you know document management systems. They do make it easier. They make the the process more efficient and more accessible. And also, when you're dealing with volume, it just cleans up the process. And what does the customer have to do? So, okay, I come to Sweeney Solicitors or I come to Property Solicitors at IE, and I appoint you as my solicitor. What yeah. do I need to do then? Uh, so, what what you need to do first of all. Um, uh, we and most solicitors work on what's called a fixed fee conveyancing. So mm-hmm. you would have your fee and your quote and it's all out and and you agree that with the solicitor and you're happy to proceed. And uh, then the solicitor then will, will um, onboard you as a client and there's a process there with the law society, you know, uh, anti-money laundering, proof of ID, proof of address. And then we issue what's called a section 150 letter, which basically it's a law society uh, regulation that, you know, we are you we, you are hiring this solicitor to provide a service for you and that service I provide, I will charge you for it. Now it's okay. a fixed price, but yeah. um, it's like, the Law Society insists it's a very re- regulated industry and that's the first part. Uh, secondly, practically, uh, you would have obviously got, uh, been dealt with an auctioneer to go sale and read the property. You give the auctioneer the solicitor details. Mm-hmm. So that now allows on you then to issue a sales notice, take the property off the market and then both the selling solicitor, the vendor solicitor and the purchase solicitor both receive the same sales notice which is the terms of the agreement, the contract, the purchase price, uh, the address of the property, the name of the sellers, the name of the purchasers. The conditions uh, of the sale. Correct, yeah. yeah. Like some of it might be uh, sub survey, sub engineer survey, whatever it might be. Um, but that, and then that's like that's probably for me the first part. If you've gone sale yeah. agreed, for me there's kind of three big markers in the in the purchase of a house for a first time buyer or anybody buying if it's second time. But in dealing particularly in somebody's purchasing house, so the first part is your booking deposit. So when you go sale agreed, you've done you know you've seen your house, you've entered the negotiation process, and you've gone your price has been agreed. Uh, the auctioneer will then take what's called a booking deposit, usually five or ten thousand euro, and that just takes the property off the market. Now that money is yeah. fully refundable till you sign a contract, but it just means that um, it allows the auctioneer uh, 
draw up the sales notice and issue um, to both solicitors and then that allows the selling solicitor after they get the title deeds draft the contracts and send them to the purchasing solicitor so then the purchasing solicitor your your solicitor as the purchaser um, investigates title so that means that the person who owns the property is, uh, is entitled to sell it and why that might find or seem strange but this is another delay we spoke of earlier another reason for delay if it's what's called a probate sale so it's just say maybe um, and it's happening a lot in older generation type localities here in Cork maybe in particular Ballinlock that type of area there's like yeah. a regeneration happening and you know sadly a generation um, is dying out yeah. uh, but it's been regenerated and repopulated so if, if someone was like living at home uh, and that person was deceased and the family decided I'm going to sell the property that house can't be sold until there's what's called a grant of probate issued and that's really the Irish Revenue and the Irish Government confirming that the person who owned the property has now passed away and they're given consent and their knowledge and authority for the property to be sold subject to all the, the tax and gift tax that the uh, the estate might be subject to but they're given permission for the, th- the property to be sold to a third party but if you're buying the house for something who's selling it uh, under probate you can't actually complete the sale until you actually see the, uh, the grand and probate. it's fair to say that takes a really long time it's it's probably one of the longest government agencies purely they're just it's just so much work for them uh, and each probate is very subjective because someone could just die and just have their house and yeah. you might think oh that's a very simple Clean. process and you make the application you're in the probate office and they'll say oh we haven't actually opened post in April yet yes and it's now September and that's yeah. that's just the yeah. natural course thing that's yeah. just how it is so you might be looking at six to twelve months now it doesn't stop the seller putting the property on the market it doesn't pro- doesn't stop you going sale agreed but you cannot get your keys until the actual grant is issued but it's definitely issued. worth the purchaser asking is this property in probate I, one of the main reasons is your loan offer could expire it could if you have a Absolutely. six month loan offer and you potentially have to go yeah. through all the you know the calculations yeah. the approvals yeah. all yeah. that stuff yeah. again you and if a loan offer does go to date and it happens in probate cases and it yeah. also happens on new build cases yeah. right so if a new build can obviously take you know buying from plans or whatever it could take 12 to 18 months a letter of offer is valid for six months yeah and after that six months there is a full material check completed okay. on circumstances point to note do not stop anything you were doing oh, yeah. at the start of your mortgage yeah. journey because yeah. often we find customers have stopped saving um they've stopped or oh, they think they're out the gap they think it. they're out the gap oh, they, yeah. they started spending a bit of their deposit oh, you know what and i mean by that this like, seems to be a common issue at the moment uh where people's mortgages or where their um approval runs out yeah it's pretty oh, it's common. very common so like i uh, until you have uh, the keys in your hand when David and Anya give you the keys in your hand the bank can check at any stage so it's really important to continue doing what you were doing at the point of yeah, application and especially now with the interest rates going up and um, look, they're reassessing yeah. them at the end of the six months well you know I suppose at that point your interest rate isn't actually confirmed until you draw yeah, down you draw the mortgage down. you know yeah. what I mean um, so it can move and sometimes unfortunately you can fall out of criteria if it was a very tight assessment yeah. and initial assessment so it's very important um, and that brings me on to the second stage then of the um, the legal process or the solicitor process uh, is that once he's the, he or she's investigated title then they would investigate planning permissions and building mm. regulations and anything associated with the property uh, if it's a second hand house you know was there extensions on the property have all the taxes been paid um, certificate of compliance yeah your engineering yeah. certificates from when it was originally built uh, if the house is post 1963 or 1990 you must have all the certificates under the Building Control Act uh, any house pre-1963 you're basically just buying what, what, what it, 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 yeah. take it as it yeah. is caveat emptor let the buyer beware uh, so obviously you to get out your own engineer and they have their own survey and then you make a mm. choice then is something in the engineer report is it a deal breaker uh, in today's market You, as it, if something does come up in the solicitors uh, or in the engineer report the solicitor presents it to the other solicitor 
and there's usually three options one they say look we'll fix the problem and come yeah. back in and it's fixed you can take it then second one is oh we think this problem is going to cost 4,000 euro to remedy mm. we'll deduct 4,000 euro off the purchase price and we proceed then or the third option is look take it or leave it yeah, and let's go to the underbidder and David in your opinion we'll say over the years you've seen deals go through perfectly yeah. fast yeah. not a bother and then you probably have seen deals yeah. where they've actually fallen apart yeah. and the sale fell through yeah. is there a common trade in deals that fall through like um, no, I'll be honest, it's very rare deal will fall through. I think right. once you've when someone has especially a seller has gone to market and gone through all of that, um maybe sorry, I'll say I'll rephrase that. From a selling point of view, I think if you if you're intent on selling your house you'll go through it. I think sometimes it falls down with, on the purchasing, the purchasing side. side yeah. Uh maybe they didn't qualify for the mortgage or like that, something yeah. changed in the process for them. Or sometimes, um, and maybe this is something you might discuss, Anya, yeah, they might have been bidding on a second house at the same time. Yeah. And then that one had come back around. And they, okay, sorry, no, it's, it's not a big deal for a solicitor from the part. They just say, look, sorry, return the contracts, yeah. move on quickly. Yeah. Um, it can be hassle for the auctioneer, if, especially if. Is that you happening know, a lot, Anya? The people are definitely bidding on more than one property okay. at a time. And I. I actually ask, I, I will ask people because I think it's important to know and I think it's important for the vendor to know um, every time an offer comes in, they have to be recorded in accordance with the property services regulatory okay. authority. So that's that would be our regulatory authority um, as estate agents. So everything is recorded correctly. So um, at the time that somebody is submitting their offer, um, it has to be recorded with their contact information, mm-hmm. the time, the date and the conditions. So it's really important to know that, actually, because it is. Um, if you are bidding on two properties, the person who is bidding underneath you might lose out on the property because, you know, it's, yeah. it's gone out of their reach. Yeah. And um, and you you created a false competition there. If really, you your heart wasn't in it. Yeah. Move it on. Yeah. I think there is just so much of a panic to buy as well, and people are a little bit disillusioned. Mm. So they're kind of throwing their their you know. And you can see why, though. To be fair, you yeah. can absolutely appreciate why they would be bidding on two yeah. with the expectation that they'll be outbid. It's just very, very hard for yeah. for people buying at the moment because there's so much competition. Yeah. It's also important to note that the highest offer is not always the offer that the vendor will accept. Mm-hmm. So often if somebody is a cash buyer and someone okay. is mortgage approval, yeah. there might be a slight difference in the cash amount. King. But it's not always the highest yeah. um, bidder who will who ultimately th- win out. Okay. Exactly. It's really important yeah. to know. And when you are placing offers, and I, I would always recommend to people that make sure you speak to the agent and ensure that they know that you are serious about going ahead. That's interesting, Anya, because I'm sure purchasers are like, oh, yeah. I won't, I won't say now I'm that interested because yeah. Jesus, they up the price on me. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I, I, there is this, you know, thought that people have um, that there, there, there are different kind of um, offers coming in all around the place, but... They have to be. We're we are regulated. That's interesting. That's very and good. And we are to know. really highly regulated. We all carry out our CBDs every year. Yeah. And um, it's it's no. We have to do the job yeah. right. You know, I want to go to my vendor and say, "This is the offer I have. This is a solid offer." If I met you and you said, mm, "Kind of like the place." Yeah. Um, I don't really like the park around the corner, but I'm just going to put in the bid and might be the highest bid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The owner's ready to close. I go to the owner. I said, oh, "We have mags here." 
she is the highest person and she has put in an offer but she doesn't really like the house yeah so probably won't actually so materialize what, might, what will happen is you might pay the deposit yeah and your engineer's report could take two to three weeks yeah so the engineer's report obviously is is, is taking place and there's a delay uh for the report to come back and in that time everything it just there's an awful lot of lost time yeah, for, and, yeah. on every kind of brings me up to the second part of the uh, three part process in the sister yeah. journey is signing contract so yeah. there's actually no legal agreement or no obligation to anybody to complete until you sign the contract so once the solicitor has investigated the title and then, as we said the planning the billing regulations but at the same time if you're buying with a mortgage your mortgage must be on the solicitor's desk so at, you would sign your loan offer and the contracts at the same time so then you pay 10% of the purchase price uh, when you sign your contract so just say the house is 300,000 euro you must pay 10% but you've already paid 10,000 yeah. euro maybe booking you can then pay the balance of 20% or 20,000 euro but if then you qualify uh, from the Help Dubai you know spoken in another episode yeah. of the Help Dubai scheme you can use your Help Dubai money then as set off against your contract deposit so you don't have to physically transfer any money and then the developer once they're registered can transfer back down the money uh, from the revenue and, and themselves and re- receive the refund there and can I ask you so we'll say with the when the loan like obviously I, I have pressure coming from customers saying oh my yeah. god where's my letter of offer because the yeah. solicitor has the contract we need to sign we need to sign yeah. we need to sign letters of offer are not all but lots are now yeah. coming down and dock you sign yeah. is it okay for a customer to sign that without a solicitor reviewing it or should the solicitor review that, let, that letter of offer before the docu sign is signed um, we like this the, there was an e-commerce committee an e-conveyancing committee set up in the law society and they tried to do all this yeah uh, I, th- I don't need the wedding signature for solicitors ever going to go. Um, yeah. I, you, the bank might be happy to accept the docus the signature. It's not there yet in the legal community. Right. Okay. Um, so if you have your like the, sli- the the client often gets their the loan offer. Yeah. But the solicitor's copy still still needs to be issued in hard copy. Okay. That's and there's yeah. Because this, the loan offer pack comes down. It does. Yeah. Which is the mirror image of the agreed financial terms with the client, uh, which is between them and the bank. And we're not financial advisors, but in broad strokes, it's usually the, the, the amount borrowed, the term of the loan, the interest rate, and the, the structure of yeah. repayment. Yeah, and then there's like 50 other pages beyond yep. that about you can't use your, your business or your home as a business you can't store large quantities of oil if there was ever a war yep. and uh, and then obviously if you were you know if, if you felt your employment was at risk and you're, you were going to lose your job or your wages were going to be reduced you should put the bank on notice rather than it happen in your credit rating being affected and all that but inside in that pack as well as the solicitor's undertaking so mm-hmm. that's really where mm-hmm. the, the solicitor comes in as the middleman or middle person uh, with the bank they, they give a, an undertaking called a, a promise we will draw down the mortgage we'll buy a house we'll pay the stamp duty we'll register the new owner as, a, as the owner of the land registry we'll then register the bank as a charge once the documents come back from the land registry then we'll give them back to the bank they release it from our undertaking and the bank uh, hold the documents for the term of the mortgage um, but the, there's also a cheque requisition in that pack there's yeah. an indemnity there's a few other little things if you're getting a gift from your parents there's a document uh, called the comfort deed of confirmation which basically the parent would sign and be witnessed by another solicitor or advised by another solicitor independently or they can waive the right to independent legal advice they want just saying that look this is the gift is 10,000 euro yeah. I don't expect any title or anything that if the mortgage was defaulted I, I don't want my gift paid yeah, back first yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. you know that, so that pack yeah. is um, I, to be honest or to be answer your question I don't think this, the wetting signature for a solicitor and purely as well for anti-money laundering I think you physically need to meet the person and come yeah. in and be reassured well I always say to my clients okay you have a sign. Yeah. you can sign it absolutely it satisfies yeah. the bank's condition yeah. Yeah. but you're this is my words you're yeah. paying your solicitor enough money to read the conditions yeah, yeah. to make sure Correct. they're happy with it you Correct. know what I mean and that's, so that's what the solicitor has to do yeah. uh, and generally in, like I don't like to use the word general but there's lots of general conditions in a, lo- in a loan offer yeah. and then we would look specific to the special conditions absolutely and that's p- specific and subjective to that t- that borrower or that yeah. client 
some of it could be uh, this person has a car loan needs to be paid off that's 7,000 euro needs before drawdown there's a gift from mum and dad that yeah. needs to they need a confirmation confirm it's not a, you know a, no charge yeah. to be registered title yeah. and if it's a self build it's going to come down in stages so oh, that exactly. also needs all to be managed stage payment form, yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff uh, so look each loan is different it, it is, is, it it is because each person is different coming yeah. at it and then th- once you pay over so when a solicitor gets the contracts they get two blank copies of the law society bond in 2019 conditions and then you as the purchaser sign uh, one side of the both copies we send both copies to the solicitor they countersign both copies keep one and send you back so it's one, when you actually get a received back copy countersigned is a legal contract in existence and okay. then that brings you on to stage three which is the closing date or the keys date the day you get your keys that's all really anybody wants is to get the key uh, and that means that the solicitor starts to draw down your mortgage or the, the money the loan funds to have them in the client account maybe a day before the closing yeah. date uh, and then you may you also have to pay the fees and the stamp duty and the registration fees the same about a day before as well because it's important so you start to pay your mortgage a month from the drawdown the solicitor draws down sometimes you might draw down the money on a Wednesday but there's a delay you might close for another week and then you know so it's, it's the solicitor will always last minute as much as they can get the funds down and then and you give the bank enough notice of that date do you uh, yeah <laughs> well i i like i would always tell the bank earlier yes because i find some banks are very different some people some banks have like a 24-hour scanning on period so yeah. you can send a document up internally 24 48 hours before it's actually seen internally and then some banks weirdly they will email you the query so sometimes you might something mightn't be dated or some you know and yeah could, there might be something or, missing, yeah. um a maiden name might be used um, instead of the married name or vice versa they will email you the query but they won't accept an email re- reply so you have to post <laughs> the reply and that has to go through the 48 hour scanning there's little quirks and oh, everything is different. Yeah, or different. Even, there is. Yeah, on the valuation report. Oh, yeah. This is something that seems to come up as well that um, in lots of addresses in Ireland, the air code is different to the address that people use. Oh, yeah. Mm. So the um, the name, the on the valuation report has to match what's on the loan offer. Yeah, yeah. Or the solicitor will confirm that it's one yeah, of the same. Yeah, one line or one yeah. the same. Yeah, that but happens. That is happening a lot. Yeah, yeah uh, it is. And then the, the, the keys, the drawdown, the, their own funds, and then the solicitor then, uh, the selling solicitor then s- Posts now it used to be traditionally the purchasing solicitor would go to the selling solicitor's office, they'd sit down, hang over a check, it was back then, then a bank draft, and now it's just all become electronic. Yeah, so you don't visit the office anymore. Now, sometimes you might pop over if it's a colleague in the city here, but generally now it's just they post the documents in trust the day before you check it off, you're happy, you transfer the funds out, same day transfer yeah. interbank transfer and trust. And then, you, as I, uh, I think I mentioned in the previous, or in the costs for the searches, so you hire a third party agency to conduct searches in all parties, judgment, bankruptcy, searches on the sellers and the purchasers, and on the property itself and then when the chances of something appearing there um <coughs> what happens a lot is that someone of a, of a similar name has a bad credit history and okay. it then the vendor solicitor is just saying certainly look this is not the vendor it's somebody else right, okay but you need okay. a confirmation uh, uh, the mortgage on the selling property has already been declared yes and they give an undertaking to pay off the mortgage with the sa- the purchase funds or sale funds and then they issue what's called a vacated mortgage a couple of weeks later and then you can bring that to the bank registry okay. when you're doing the registration uh, the, and then the last document the purchaser would sign is the transfer deed so that comes with the closing documents it's the seller signing over the property the purchase come in and they countersign and you send that document to the land registry with what's called a family home declaration that means that the sellers if the person was married and it was their family home and the definition of family home is where a marital couple yeah. are in reside that both parties are wearing consent to the uh, sale of the property and then uh, when person the purchaser is using a mortgage they also have a family home de- de- declaration meaning that both parties are aware and consent to the mortgage of the property yes. so it just means if anything would happen the, they're protected yeah. uh, the bank is protected yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. the bank that's yeah, protected yeah, and, uh, yeah. so that application goes off to the land registry you pay the fee the outlay could take three to six months 
months depending on the type of registration there's a the new type of registration is land registry a folio number it's nice and clean the whole uh, area will be gridded red line map ck for cork one to three five and an f for freeholder l for le- right. leasehold depending on the type the old type is registry of deeds where it was like the old paper heavy system where you had your deed and a copy called a memorial sent up to dublin castle kept by hand in a book and then every time you sold the property so you passed off one of the p- pieces of paper and that continued on and continued on so uh, the reason I say that is that uh, there is now mandatory what's called first registration. Right. So say there's a property 20 years old that's now been sold on. It's the old style of registration, registry of deeds. So oh. when the solicitor buys that... So the red book that, still exists? Oh, it's, it's still there, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And especially right. in Cork, lo- there's loads of registry of deeds property. But it means the purchasing solicitor now must now bring that title up to modern modern way title. Oh, so oh the, the onus is on the solicitor to... Yeah, to oh, yeah the, the purchasing okay. solicitor, yeah. So we do what, depending, like it's a form three generally, and it's the solicitor makes a statement that they've investigated the title and they're happy that this, isn't, this can now be transferred from the old style into the new style. The application goes in and it comes back out as a folio number okay uh, it's, it's just much cleaner you can see it online yeah and how long does it take so like let's go we'll take an easy one three beds in me built snagless done how long does that process take uh, so that's int- interesting to say the snagless so for a first build the snagless is really when the developer says the house is finished and yeah. you send in your own builder engineer they do a snagless which is just a walkthrough of the whole mm-hmm. property and it could be like a door handle missing skirting boards piece of wall not finished or not painted you give the snag list to the builder, they go in and finish it, you then inspect it, and then when you're happy, then you start drawing down your loan funds. Right. Um, so generally, for, say, a second-hand house, from the day you go booking deposit the keys, can be six weeks. Yeah. Can be 12 weeks. Okay. Give okay. or take. A six new weeks build- sounds very fast to me. Very, well, yeah, some of them are, yeah, they? I think the fastest <coughs> sale I had um, last year from viewing it to, to yeah. um, handing over the keys... I think it was 24 days. Was that a vacant Ooh. property, though? It was a vacant yeah. property. Wow. It was yeah. an apartment. Yeah. Nice yeah. yeah. Now, it was a cash buyer. And yeah. Yeah. they were both, um, yeah, yeah. you know, both solicitors were motivated to get it over the line as quick yeah. as yeah. possible. That's because yeah, yeah. somebody had purchased the property of the purchaser and, and yeah, the yeah, next yeah, property. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, but it, it varies so much. It does. But it does. I think at the moment, everything is taking a lot longer than what it would have had in the past, specifically in the last year. It just seems that sales are taking a lot lot longer well I definitely feel they're gone a lot yeah. longer you yeah. know what I mean and I have customers that you know aren't used to the Irish culture yeah. and how yeah, yeah. land registry and all of that sort of legal stuff takes place yeah. and they're on the phone saying why is the delay what is the delay you know what I mean and it's yeah. just yeah, um, we, we, we blame the no, solicitors anyway. It's not this. Yeah, well, I always blame the solicitor. Yeah, always, yeah. <laughs> we blame the, mo- the auctioneer and the mortgage broker. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I think that just brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. I've been David Sweeney of PropertySolicitors.ie. I've been Ani McLaughlin of AML Property Services in Cork. And I'm Mags Barish, Managing Director of Mortgage Navigators. <laughs>